Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, and Diego, my dog, is here with me today. He's sitting in my lap all excited and ready to go. He just wanted to be part of it, I guess. Um, So uh, Dr. Meg Hayworth here offering holistic holistic wellness solutions for women abuse survivors with chronic illness. Wait, wait, what? There is a connection. Yes. So check out my website at meghayworth.com. It's H-A-W-O-R-T-H.com for your free ACE quiz from the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study that has indelibly linked our childhood experiences and chronic illnesses later in life, like autoimmune diseases, cancer, and lung diseases, just to name a few, or the few top connections. Also check out my own story of healing over a dozen illnesses and traumas, including fibromyalgia, drowning, and being struck by lightning. Ah, if you are currently looking for help with these related problems, uh, just set up a time to talk to me for free. Um, I've been there myself and would love to help you too. So also head on over to the blog for many more podcasts to help you get well now with top experts in the health and wellness world like Joe Cross from the movie Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, J.J. Virgin, celebrity nutritionist on traumatic brain injuries, Dr. David Friedman, best-selling author of Food Sanity, and just tons more. Please leave a review on iTunes. It's super easy on your podcast app to leave a review, and it helps us so much to spread the word of what it takes to get well and stay well. Today, I'm really excited because um, I have an artist. I always love talking to the artists. <laughs> um, consider myself one as a writer and a chef. Um, so this is always fun for me, but today it's actress Amy Marks. She's a playwright and performer and voiceover actress. She's signed with the Buckwald Agency in New York City and WME here in Los Angeles. Now, Amy wrote and stars in her critically acclaimed autobiographical one-woman show called Nice Tits. I love the name. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, thank you. So which uh, she's performed to sold out crowds at the Triad Theater in New York City, the Pitt in New York City, Project Wise Women in Theater Festival on Theater Row, the Alliance for the Arts Theater Con- Conspiracy in, in Fort Myers, Florida, Cape May Playhouse. I love Cape May. That's such a cool place. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy has partnered with the iconic Avon 39 charity, the Walk to End Breast Cancer, Hadassah of Boston, Breast Cancer Resource Center of Princeton. You've been all over the place. <laughs> well, yeah. I have. I the have. Jewish Family and Children's uh, Services and Sharsheret. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You did good. Yeah. Um, Amy has also mm-hmm. been a featured speaker and performed scenes from her show to some of the most renowned plastic surgeons in the world at the Breast Cancer Reconstruction State of the Arts 2016 Closing Gala at the Kimball Center in New York City. And um, reconstruction surgery is super important to what you do and the, the message that you share. So, kind of core right. to that. So, um, mm-hmm. She was able to share her insights as a breast cancer patient and survivor at that event. Um, she's also been a guest on Fresh 1027 Radio. Dennis has a podcast and Sirius XM Doctor Radio. She's currently a professor of acting at the New York Conservator- Conservatory for Dramatic Arts, 
that's a big deal. And yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. And as an ordained interfaith yeah. minister and spiritual counselor, which I love because I am too, and I never talk about it. Not because I don't want to, oh, it just doesn't to. come up. Perfectly. I never talk yeah. about it either, but there you I go. I love that you added that in there on the bio because it's like, okay, cool. This is another conversation. Um, that's exactly right. That's why, that's why I put it on my yeah. bio. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. And also says a lot too about the place that you come from when it comes to healing and um, your life purpose and spreading the mission in the way that you do. So I think that's a good place to kind of just jump in. But first of all, let's welcome Amy Marks. Hello. <laughs> Thanks so much for having You're me. You're so welcome. Um, yeah, and, and so let's tell us a little bit about your breast cancer journey. Um, yeah, what happened for you? So I was, I went for my routine mammogram, as we all do. And calcifications had showed up on my left breast. And normally, they don't make a big deal of that. But my mother died of breast cancer at 51. So because of the history in my family, they didn't know at the time if I did or did not have the BRCA gene. But because of family history, the radiologist, who we think now saved my life, said, go see a breast surgeon. So I went to see a breast surgeon and I think 4% of the time or 6% of the time, it's something, the other 90 something percent, it's not. And I ended up with something in my left breast called DCIS, which is ductal carcinoma in situ. And it's a tricky thing because some can, doctors consider it pre-cancer, some consider it cancer. It, it's, it's a tricky thing. And I ended up getting two lumpectomies. And then because of that, I had to get checked a lot. And nine months later, I ended up with cancer in my other oh, breast, wow. okay. which was diagnosed on an MRI. So I'm a very big believer that if I didn't have DCIS, I never would have had the MRI because I got back, not to freak anyone out or scare anyone, but I got back a clean mammogram. So I got that letter that says, congratulations, see you in a year. But since I have dense breasts, and that's a very important conversation to have because women with dense breasts should get sonograms. Um, something showed up and they thought it would be nothing. And then I had the MRI and I ended up oh, with cancer. Wow. Okay. Crazy. And I was in my forties. So yeah. I was young. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, you know, having yeah. gone through the yeah. experience of your mom um, passing from this disease at 51. Yeah. I had just turned 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. She was young. I was young. She I'm was so young. Sorry. Mm -hmm. went through that. Really, really tough. Oh Yeah. Yeah, that's what, like that, losing your mother, I think at any age, I think when people lose a parent, it doesn't matter how yeah. old you are, but when you lose a parent when you're young, it changes the course of your life. Yeah. There's no exactly. doubt about it. Just a changes lot. everything. Several close friends yeah. who went through that. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a tough experience. So um, it probably made you do, you, do you think it made you a little more hypervigilant to kind of take care of yourself? You. No, I actually don't because I was convinced that I was never going to get cancer. People are like, are you worried about you're going to get cancer? I was like, no, I am never getting cancer. I never, ever thought it would happen to me. So, cause I was a vegetarian and I worked out all the time and I, not that you, I mean, you can be a vegetarian, work out all the time and still get cancer. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Wow. But, but my doctor did say that all that stuff, 
could have caused me to have not gotten cancer when I was 30. That maybe, you know, so she was trying to make me feel better. I yeah, think. that's but, true. So you, you maybe hastened the, the development of the disease, you know. Right. And you never, you know, you never, you just never know. Yeah. You don't know. True. You don't know. But I did get tested for the BRCA gene and I didn't have it, which was really shocking. And I would love to get tested again because when I got tested almost 10 years ago, there were only like three genes. Wow. Now there's hundreds of genes they test for. So it could be very different. Yeah, it's very different. They've come a long way. So I'd be really uh, curious to do it again. But insurance isn't very uh, big on wanting to pay for the test a second time. Oh, boy. Yeah. A whole other conversation. <laughs> big one. Illness and insurance. Oh, one. Yeah. Right. So, right. so you get uh -huh. your diagnosis uh -huh. of cancer Huge. and you'd already had lumpectomy. Um, right. Okay. I already had a lumpectomy on my left side. Mm -hmm. So I got the diagnosis of cancer and it was this very weird moment. I was sitting, my best girlfriend, Alana was with me. You know, she came with me for support. I was sitting there. The doctor said it's cancer. And I just looked at her and the words flew out of my mouth. And I said, I want a double mastectomy, which my girlfriend at the time was like, oh, what? I was like, quiet. You can't cry. You can't have emotion. Cause I'm usually a big crier. And I was like, no, 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 no. We got to get things done. But I knew, you know, we all know, and it's a different, it's different for everyone. But I knew because yeah. I had uh, two lumpectomies nine months yeah. before, yeah. I knew that I was a ticking time bomb. I knew that. I just knew that. And I believe, you know, it all depends what people believe, but I really believe my mother came to me in that moment and was like, this is what you're doing. Because the one thing is, I don't want to cry, but here I go. The one thing I can say about my cancer is it brought me closer to my mother. Yeah. And it may sound weird because she's not alive when it happened, but I feel with every core of my being that my mother walked through my cancer with me oh. and I call my, oh my play gosh, beautiful my love, love song that. to I mean, my mom feel free to let any of that stuff rip on the show because you know most most people that listen to me are you know they understand <laughs> yeah. yeah intuition and inner wisdom and I think that's an important thing to point out is that your intuition and inner wisdom immediately said okay double mastectomy you didn't even wait for the doctor to say that you know um 100% no. Yeah, no. which I, you know, I'll I said it in the breast cancer. Yeah, which go ahead, which what? Survivors say, you know, they really ruminated over the decision to release their breasts from their body, you know, like, um, like it was really, really, uh, the, in, the intuition for them, they may not have listened to so much, you know what I mean? Sort of like the opposite. Oh, that's interesting. For me, it, the opposite, and which is really weird, Meg, because I have to say this. I was the girl, woman, who was known for having great boobs. I just, like, you know, you have, like, you know, I just, like, you know, it was the part of my body. I just had really, I, I, I yeah, I, I, and I, and, you know, I flaunted and I knew it and it was a, so for me to say I'm going to let go of my yeah. breasts yeah. was wow. huge. To say the least, huge, 
huge, huge, because you deal with cancer, and then it's a whole, um, as a doctor, you can it's a whole different mental issue yeah, to deal with music. You can't imagine, especially one that, that you, you know, you love. Yeah, and, it's huge. And it's huge. You think it's sort of one of your greatest assets, you know, I. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, I never had a great butt, but I had great booze. And it's like, great. Okay. The one, you know, it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The one thing. Yeah. I was like, thanks. Um, yeah, but I just knew. And when I said it, my doctor was like, I agree. But then I was like, I am on the quest to find the perfect doctor ah, to go. give me nice another day. set of really good breasts. <laughs> yeah, there you have it. And that's the nice. Yes, tell me about there, the there you have it. That's the nice. That was yes. important to you yeah. to to have it done well. It was very important to me. It was very important to me because I, you know, I mean, there, there's so much involved. Your breast shouldn't equal your sexuality. Your breast shouldn't equal whether you feel beautiful or not beautiful. It, it, but I just wanted to, like Humpty Dumpty, be put back together again. You know, it was important to me. So she gave me a list of three different surgeons. And the first surgeon I met, Dr. Nolan Karp, as soon as I met him, I knew he was my guy. Isn't it funny? I never went to anyone else. I met him. We hit it off like crazy. He got me. He was funny. We he he we just had a really good rapport. And I was like, this man gets me, and this man's going to be able to do it. And you're following it. I think I hear a lot of people that you haven't intuition, but they'll be so afraid to follow it because they're, you know, they've got, you know, so many people talking in their ear around them say, saying, you should do this, you should do that. Um, so anyway, so you found the right surgeon. I told people, Meg, before uh. they could even <laughs> give me their opinion. Yeah. It, it, I didn't ask. I didn't ask, like, do you think this is what I should do? Because I know many friends would be like, you should not do that. But I know for uh, so I didn't complicate it. It's kind of like when people like are going to have a baby and they choose not to tell people the name because everyone's going to have an opinion once well, the baby's can. born. Nobody can say anything, you know. Right? They yeah. can't go. They can't go. Weird name. Yeah, that's the name. That's it. Right? That's my baby's name. So I yeah, I think it's really good that it didn't involve people. And if you circle around to me going to seminary and being an interfaith minister. For two and a half years, a year before this happened, I was in seminary. So the whole time I was there, everyone's like, oh, my God, I can't wait to be called a reverend. And I'm so excited. And I was like, no one call me a reverend. I go, whatever you do, you can't call me. Do not use that around me. It freaks me out. I, I, I'm not a reverend. I'm he, I don't know. I don't even know why I'm here. The whole time I was like, why am I here? What am I doing here? Why am I here? It's fascinating. I'm learning a lot. I'm working on myself. And yeah. again, here I go. It's funny when you tell your story, Brent, because you don't talk about it all the time. I believe that I was meant to be there because my oh, years wow. in seminary That's prepared me to walk through my cancer. Yeah, I often talk about how the soul leads us to things in our lives. You know, we choose those things without really knowing that it's a piece of the puzzle going forward. And that's a great example. So. Right. 
And you're like, because really the whole time I was like, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? And yeah, it was, it, it, I, I know with all my heart clear, yeah, now things why I was clear there. As you move forward in your life. So, so here you are, you found the great surgeon and all of that, but now did you uh, do chemo, radiation, all this? So I got very, very, very lucky. So because they caught my cancer really, really early, because of me having DCIS before is why they caught my cancer so early, because I was watched every three months. So, yeah. And I took a test. It's the Onco test, which says whether or not chemo will help you or hurt you. And for me, it wasn't going to help me. But here's another one with following your intuition. The nine months before when I had um, DCIS, my doctor's like, we want you to meet with the radiologist. And I met with like a top radiologist. I'm not going to say her name. Uh, and she was like, you absolutely should do radiation. And I said to my surgeon, I go, my surgeon who I love, Dr. Karen Hiotis with NYU, she's my angel. I said, if I, is it harder, if I get cancer again, is it harder to reconstruct, reconstruct a radiated breasts? She said, absolutely. She goes, but why do you think you're going to get cancer? Yeah. I said, I yeah. don't know, but I'm not yeah, getting radiation. It's really weird. You know, you know. And I also knew, like when I was waiting for my test results and all my friends, and I was flipping out, flipping out as I was waiting, my friends were like, Amy, you don't have cancer. There's no way you have cancer. I was like, ooh, I go, it just feels, something feels, I said, I feel like I do, I feel like I do. And I said that to my surgeon and she said, the person with cancer always knows. She said, they usually always know. Wow. So. Yeah. So that was, yeah. So, and then that was just the beginning because it's a very long, long process to get reconstruction. For me. Because there's different kinds of reconstruction, like you can have um, implants, you can have deep flap, and you can have trans flap. So deep flap and trans flap are where they take the fat from either your stomach or your back and they make your new breasts out of that. And I have a line in my show about that. I say it was the first time in my life I was upset that I was too thin because I didn't have enough fat. So I had, isn't that funny? Yeah, it's one of my lines. Give you an insight into the kind of play it is. but. So I had to get something called tissue expanders. And what they do is they put tissue expanders with a port and they fill you. Like if you saw me, like probably a 12 inch needle, a huge needle goes into your breasts to fill you up, to expand you so that you can make room for the implants. So I was expanded for about two months and then, I got my implants and then you get nipples and then you get tattoos. Oh, wow. So the whole and, process and took about 10 you, months. How do you feel about the result? 10 months. Yeah. I had a great plastic surgeon. He did great. My favorite thing is when like a guy will go, hey, nice breasts. I want to be like, you have no <laughs> idea. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, and you really have no idea. So like, I love, I like in clothes, I think they're phenomenal. The one thing I wish, but you know, it was different 10 years ago than it is now, but I still don't think I would have been a candidate. I lost my nipples. And if I had, a lot of people do nipple sparring now. If I had nipple sparring, it would have been perfect. 
but uh the nipple thing is a weird thing like they make it out of your skin and it's you know so so in clothing i'm thrilled out of clothing i'm happy but when i'm intimate with someone i have these really fabulous tattoos that i buy and i tattoo i tattoo my breasts so they're really pretty to me so i cover my scars that's for me like every person's different and some person would say, well, you should, you know, you know, the person who's with you should be fine. And the, the guy you is, it's not for them. Yeah. It's for me. <laughs> it's what I yeah. feel comfortable. It's for me. Exactly. It's for me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so tell us about the development of the one woman show that you have now. Nice tips. How did that come about? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it, I, I know it. it's such a great title. Uh, it came about because when, because um, I'm an actress and an acting teacher, and when I was healing, I obviously I took off the work, and I couldn't, I didn't have an artistic outlet. And one of my favorite quotes, it's okay. Carrie Fisher quote, and she says, "Take your broken heart and make it into oh, art." I and I, and yeah. I love, isn't that beautiful? I love that. And it could be, I think art is so key to healing, whether you're a painter, whether you're a photographer, whether you're a writer, whatever, a poet, whatever it is, if you can, um, art is deeply healing. I think so too. And I think because it's really, it runs, it comes through the soul, comes from the who you are. Yes. Um, You know. So anyway, go ahead. But, so yeah, so art was healing. So, I, so I, I, I knew. So as I was starting to get better, I was like, first I just started journaling. I was like, I got to write all this stuff down. And I'm the kind of person I always find. And it could be from having lost a parent at a young age, but I always tend to find humor in, 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 in trauma. That's just my thing. Because really? I believe, honestly, I believe, <laughs> yeah, I, I really believe that laughter is so healing it's so healing yeah and what we know too about emotions and how they affect the body from science is that when you have an emotion every single cell of your body registers that emotion so you want to flood it with as many great emotions as possible so here we go so this Mm. is what you're doing is your laughter is the key and I was always able to find like within like the insanity of everything I was going through, I just have the kind of personality that just finds like the crazy within it all. So I, so I kept like journaling and like writing all that stuff down and I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I was like, is it going to be a book? I wasn't sure. And then um, about a year later, I met with a wonderful writing coach named Peter Michael Marino and we sat down and it was like, wait a minute, we're going to turn this into a one woman show. And then I would do like 15 minutes and I showed it to people and they were like, you really have to do this. So it really took me a long time. Um, And, and so it's been like a process. So I've been performing the show for, I have a terrible concept of time, Uh probably four years, you know, about maybe five. I'm bad with time, but most recently in April, I changed the format and instead of a one person show, it's see my play is a lot of different monologues that I do. So I split it up 
And I added other, I, I did a celebrity reading of my oh. play in April. So I have other women. Yeah. I have other women playing me and it went really well. So that's the way I'm going with it now. I sort of want to go, if you're familiar oh, with yeah. the play, the vagina monologues, yeah. love loss and what I wore. So, yeah. So I'm really going that route with the show. So, so if someone wanted just me to perform it, mm -hmm. I would happily do that. But right now I'm really working on um, having other That's people. Fantastic. I mean, there's so many breast cancer survivors too, that we can just think of up the top of our heads in Hollywood, you know, I mean, Angelina Jolie is one. That's exactly right. There's so many, believe me, I've like, I Google them all. And when I did the show in New York, I had um, four other women who were in it, Broadway people in it. None of them had cancer. Thank God for them. But it's like everyone these days knows someone. Everyone's affected by it because yeah. everybody knows yeah. someone or has a friend or, or, or a fan, fortunately, a family member. Um, so I like adding more people in my show because it uh, I want to reach as many people as I can. I want to reach more people because it's it's when cancer survivors see my show they come up to me and they go you just told my story I've had people come up to me after my show that were not I had this one young guy see my show a bunch of years ago and three weeks later he sent me an email and he said my mother was just diagnosed with cancer thank you for your show because because of your show I knew oh, how to talk wow. to that's a powerful testimony yeah because that's a real yeah, thing it really for is. the person on the it really end, is. you know, or you know, on the, um, the, the caring end, caring for somebody who has the disease. Like, I don't know what to say, you know? Because so. people don't know what to say. They just, they just, because there, because there is no, I don't even think, I sometimes don't even know what to say. It's a yeah. very hard thing. I think just saying but that, I, I, you know, it's just like, I don't know what to say. This really sucks for you. And. I'm sorry. And I love you. You know, it's like, and I love you. And I think that I think I love you to me is like such a big thing to say. And so I, I do my show for so many reasons because I, as where it started out to be healing for me, I now use it as a healing tool for others. That's wonderful. And I, I'm all about healing and spreading the word on healing. So how can people uh, learn about how to have you perform or how to get involved or oh there's so many ways the first thing they can do is they can go to my website nice tits the show.com mm -hmm. you have to have in the show because if you don't you're going to get a lot of porn so it's it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, right? It's like, leave out a few words and it's a whole different show. So, um, yeah, yeah, that happens. People at work are like, can I look this up while I'm at work? I'm like, I don't know what kind of company you work for, but give it a go. So, um, yeah, be sure you put the show. The show, the show. But even like someone's employer could be like, why are they Googling nice tits the show? And when I've been on, like when I was on um, uh, regular radio, not like serious, they had to bleep out the word tits. You're not allowed to say the word tits on the air. It's one of the words. I think there's like 10 words you're not allowed to say and tits is one. So interesting. You can say penis. You can yep. say mm -hmm. vagina. Uh -huh. But you can't say tits. Uh, can't Isn't that say bizarre? Tits. Isn't that weird? It, it is bizarre. Uh, 
whatever. Yeah, I know. We Another conversation. <laughs> Another conversation. So, oh, so they can go to my show, nicetitsotheshow.com, and that gives them a lot of, you know, a lot more information. Like they could see the show. They could see where I performed it. They could see um, pictures of everything. And then my, um, all my contacts, like my Facebook and my Instagram is all on there, but it's, that's all easy. Cause that's all at nice tits, the show, if people wanted to follow me and they could also send me, um, an email because, um, I would love to, to, uh, hear from people. Great. And now you also partner with charitable organizations and donate and you do all kinds of wonderful things for others. I do. And I do want to say on my website, it does say my email, but it's, um, yeah, but I can give that to you after. Yeah, I do. I, I, I partnered with, I feel very much that I want to give back with every show I do. So I worked with Avon and I did a show and I donated proceeds of my show to them. I um, worked with Hadassa, all the organizations that you said. They produced that one and they raised a lot, a lot of money. I, I raised um, in April, I, do, I donated the proceeds to the Actors Fund because the Actors Fund is an incredible organization for actors and writers and people in the performing arts. And they helped me when I was sick because, you know, cancer, besides being sick, it's financially really tough because, yeah, you're not, you're not working. You have to take time off. So that can be challenging. Absolutely. So, so it's so it's the kind of thing like I have smaller organizations that reach out to me. Like if someone was listening to this and they had an organization, they can call me and we can figure out how to partner, like how to use my show to raise money for their organization. That's great. Like I'm about yeah. to work with an organization in New York called You Can Thrive, and they do wonderful, wonderful things with um, a lot of alternative healing therapies. And I'm going to do a benefit for them to help to help raise money for their organization. It's all about giving back, Meg. I'm a big believer about giving back. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I talk about that a lot too. It's you know once you find your purpose and passion is, is being of service to others. 100%. And even when I, I mean, my goal, my goal, goal, goal is to get a commercial run of my show. And when that happens, I still want money from every show to be donated to an organization. Like I want that to be part of my trademark. That's great. I think that's beautiful. Um, yeah, I know I went to a vagina monologue show that a friend of mine puts together here in LA and she, uh, you know, they donate to um, domestic violence organizations, um, other women's organizations, you know, to help raise awareness. So I think it's, I think it's a powerful partnership, you know. It's important. I think it's really important. And I think that art really does heal and I think it's it's great to to partner because it's bigger than me. You know, it's so much bigger than me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what messages? What message do you have for um, people that may be going through their breast cancer journey that may have just been diagnosed? What would you say to someone right now? It gets better. It gets better. I mean, I think the reason why that's a bit of a tough question 
is because everyone is so different. That is the one thing that I've learned. We all heal differently. I mean, you you must know this, like like from your work. We all heal differently. Saying one thing to one person might be incredibly healing to another person. It might bother them. I mean, it's it's. But I I I would say you have the strength to make it through that we are all deeply resilient and we all have an inner well inside of us and that you got this and to take a moment within it all and to, I'm a big believer in spiritual practice, whatever your spiritual practice is, really tap into that. Like before I had my surgery, I went to, there was a program at NYU, Heal Through Surgery Faster. So I listened to all those CDs. I went to a cranial sacral therapist. I went to a hypnotist. I, I really believe that it, it helps to be as centered as possible to go through something that is so, that can take you so much off your center. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, it sounds like you were really plugged into your intuitive guidance. I was, and, and but here's taking it back to when I went to seminary. I'm not telling everyone to go to seminary. That's the last thing I'm saying. But I, I do yeah. think it's really important that while life is going really well, that you have a spiritual practice, whether it's meditation, whatever it is. Because when, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on your podcast, but you'll beep it out. When the shit hits the fan, it, it's Fine. good to be able to already have a, the groundwork laid out. I think a lot of people find their practice after they go through difficulty. I would say find your practice when things are good. That's a great piece of advice. Such an important thing to do. Um, however that looks to however you. that looks to you because it will help yeah. you it it served me unbelievably it served me incredibly I would also like you know I would stay away I, I'd be very careful of who I surrounded myself with I you know because certain people are so negative and like if you tell someone you have cancer they go oh my aunt died of cancer it's like you know what keep that to yourself so because other people have a deep um impact upon us it's so true yeah for good and for bad you know the, the thoughts and feelings of others do affect us and i would say go get a therapist go to someone mm -hmm. or, or whether if it's not a therapist have someone that you can talk to or 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 um have a, that strong support system and that you can, I would tell people, I mean, I, I do think again, you know, I always know I speak the truth when I'm about to cry. Losing a parent at a very young age does make you deeply resilient. So I, do you know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say that everyone yeah. does have that inside of them. They might not know it, but they do. And cry and yell and scream and do whatever it is you need to do. Take care of yourself. Yeah, so important. All these great messages that you are delivering today. I really appreciate it. And 
if anybody wants to get involved, uh, you can go to Amy's uh, website. And they can email me. I have, I have two emails. It's amy at amymarks.com, and it's marks with a C, M-A-R-C-S.com. Um, okay. Nice tits the show at gmail.com, or they can go to my website. That you were saying when okay, I interrupted you. Ways. Yeah, no problem. Lots of ways to get in touch with you, and, and you know, we'll put those links in the show notes. And, um, yeah, I thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your story and a little bit about um, about your your one woman show and how you have uh, uh, taken that broken heart and turned mm. it into art. That's beautiful. That's I Carrie Fisher. That. That's that's like, isn't that amazing? It is, and she was somebody who really went through a lot of. She was. She was a lot of beautiful art. She made some amazing, uh, amazing legacy that she left behind for for those of us here on Earth to enjoy and learn. Absolutely, from. Meg. Thank you so much for talking to me and for having me on and for having this conversation with me and asking me such great questions. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm really happy to have these conversations. And um, I want to just thank everybody for listening to Get Well Soon. And please share this podcast with as many people as you think may benefit. And as we were discussing before, the statistics now are for cancer are 53% for men and 48% for women in the United States, uh, developed countries in general, but particularly here a lot of reasons that we'll go into on another show <laughs> so um so please rate the show and leave a review and if you want to talk to me you can do that for free for 20 uh, 20 minute consultation just check out my website at meghayward.com and thanks again and i hope that this information will help you get well now for more information go to meghayward.com to sign up for our email list get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.